I will never forget the first time I flew across the ocean and landed in Seoul, South Korea. Got out of the airport and stepped into the streets, looked around, and it literally was a whole new world. I, I mean, from the language, to the symbols, to the currency, to the, to the personal space, everyone packing into each other like sardines, it was unbelievable. I, I, I'll never forget the first time I experienced the Jimjobong, which is the Korean bathhouse, which is, has multiple hot tubs and, and igloo ice rooms and hot rock rooms. And not to mention, they only gave you towels about this size, literally a whole new world, if you know what I mean. Uh, I, I, I'll never forget experiencing new foods for the first time, things I've never even experienced. Some of them were just so amazing. It was literally out of this world type taste on my taste buds. But I'll also never forget sipping on what they call bushing tong, which was the poor man's soup, which let me just say, uh, a lassie, yeah, like dog soup. Yeah, literally a whole new world. Or what about the, the nori bongs? These nori bongs all over the city were these karaoke rooms where they were literal cubicles all over the place and they were packed any time of the day, afternoon, you'd be in there with a couple friends or literally all by yourself just rocking karaoke. We took some videos of people doing this. Check this out. This is one. This is like two o'clock in the afternoon. Not bad. Not bad. So we're filming them. And so we thought it'd be funny. We went around in these karaoke rooms and kind of marching in into these rooms and said, hey, we're scouts from American Idol and we're just kind of doing some scouting. And literally people thought it was going to be a whole new world for them. Now, you don't have to fly all the way across to Korea to feel like you're in a whole new world. All you got to do now, right, is just step out your front door and go for a drive as we have now been in this year of being in a COVID post world, a COVID world that we're all still trying to figure out what is going to be the new normal. And within the midst of being in this new world, we have to make some shifts, right? We have to make some adjustments when it comes to how we stay centered in this new world. And, and not only just with that, when we think about having a new season or a new world when it comes to a job change, when it comes to uh, a new relationship, when it, when it comes to maybe moving into a new community, when, when, it, when there's a, a, a shift at work or maybe you add another uh, location or site, or, or maybe it's even a new found faith. Where you, when you, we experience these, these new worlds, these, these new eras in, in our lives, it's important for us to realize that, yeah, things do shift and we might need to make an adjustment. And it's really important for us to prepare for the new season, for the new world that we're heading into. And so today we're going to pick up on a brand new teaching series as we dive into the book of Joshua. And this is where Joshua is going to lead the Israelites into a whole new world, into the promised land that God had promised them long ago. And before they head into the promised land, the first five chapters of Joshua was them preparing for what was to come. And my hope is today that you and me would learn from Joshua, would learn from the Israelites to take some tips for how we can prepare ourselves for the new world that we're in or the new world that we're heading into. But before we dive in, I want to pray for you 
and pray for me. Father, thank you for you. Thank you for being a God that loves us so much and is always constantly in pursuit of us. Today, I ask that you'd help us to focus in and not miss what you would have for us. Please control my mind and and my speech as I communicate. Thank you for the privilege it is to do so. And I pray this in the power of your son's name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, if you have a copy of the scriptures in front of you or on your phone, flip it up, uh, get it open to the book of Joshua. That's in the Old Testament, and so that's the sixth book into the Old Testament, the book of Joshua. But let me give you the backdrop. I mean, there's so much that has gone on when it comes to Joshua, and and, and over uh, the coming weeks, we're going to give you more historical context of it. But just to kind of set the stage, uh, this book of Joshua starts off on the heels of a funeral. And not just a funeral that lasted a day or an afternoon. This was a funeral that lasted 30 days. It was 30 days of mourning. Because this was the funeral of the great Moses. Their great leader that literally led them out of a 400-year slavery out of Egypt. Uh, Moses, the one that God gave the Ten Commandments. Moses, the, the one that, that, that God used to make the Ark of the Covenant. Their great leader was now dead. And not only were they mourning the death of their leader, but they were dealing with wandering fatigue. Because they had been wandering in the desert for 40 years. For 40 years. And mind you, when they left Egypt, it was only an 11-day journey to get to the border of the promised land. But because of fear, because of uh, of fear of the Canaanites, that they were terrified. They thought that, you know, they were terrified, but literally, we'll learn later, that the Canaanites were terrified of them. Uh, Because of fear or lack of trust, they just kept spinning in circles in the desert. Well, the older generation was dying off, and the new generation was rising up, and they were ready to hit into the promised land. And so Moses took them into the, into the hills of Moab, the plains of Moab, and they were looking out over the Jordan River into the promised land. But right when they were at the edge to get to the promised land, Moses dies. Moses, their great leader, passes away. Which reminds us that God's workers will rise and they will fall. God's leaders will rise And they will fall. But it doesn't stop the work that God has to do. That God will do. God's promise is faithful. He is true to his covenants. And years ago, he gave a covenant to Abraham, to Father Abraham, that that the Israelite nation would have this land and they just had to go now and take it. And so it brings up the point that maybe you're at, if you're watching here, is, is, is the idea that, that maybe you've been wandering for a season. Maybe you're wandering right now. Maybe because of shame, because of guilt, you've been kind of wandering off. And let this be a reminder to you that he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. And just as God was using Joshua to take them from the wilderness into the promised land, God is calling out to you to stop wandering and march across the Jordan into the promised land. And so here's where the story picks up. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. It says this, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, 
Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. God tells Joshua now to arise and go. This is your time. Moses is dead, and it is now your time to lead. And we got to stop here for a moment and, and, and remember this truth that Joshua was an assistant to Moses. He was his servant. He was a commander. He was a guardian of the tent. Uh, he served Moses in the Israelite nation for over 40 years. For over 40 years, he was, he was um, in, you know, in the background serving Moses, serving the Israelites, and maybe in his mind was wondering, when was it going to be his turn? How long would he be in this role? Was there something more for him? Reminding us this, of this important truth that we have to be patient. We have to be patient for God's timing in our lives. And as we're patient, we have to be reminded of what Jesus said in Luke 16, is this, is that one who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. And the one who is dishonest in very little is dishonest in much. It can be really easy, right, for us to try to microwave things to get to what we want faster. It can be really easy for us to manipulate things to get us to the top of where we want to be. But I think Joshua reminds us after 40 years of serving Moses, being his assistant, that it's important for us to trust in his timing for us. Are you trusting in his timing for you? The importance of us trusting in his timing for us in our lives. To, 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 to trust the process. Where if you're getting on a new team and you really want the ball right now, trust in his timing for you. If there's this project at work that you just really want to grab, that, that you want to take the reins of, trust in his timing for you. Trust there's a relationship that, you, you, that you're wanting the, there to, to be more of a commitment and it's just taking longer than you thought. Trust in his timing for you, the importance of that. We plant a lot of churches at Miles City through our, through our years. And as church planters, we don't like the word slow down. And so in our residency, we changed the word slow down to the idea of pull back, like a bow and arrow. You know, if you don't pull back enough, then when you release, eh, it's maybe not the right timing. Or if you pull back too much, it can break because maybe you're afraid to step into the calling that God has called you to. But if you trust in the tension, the perfect tension of God's timing for your life that he has for you, and he will elevate you at his perfect timing how he wants to, man, look out. He will then get you to the target in a healthy, perfect way that he has designed. Are you trusting in his timing for you? Or are you trying to microwave it or manipulate it in your life? Let's keep going. It continues, it says that every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river of Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Now, I'm not going to pull up a map here, but when you think about the, the, the vast promised land that God promised the Israelites, we're talking over 300,000 square miles. That's a lot of territory. 
And, and later on in the history of the Israelite nation, when they were in their heyday of what they would actually take and conquer and have the land that God has given them, check this out. They, in their heyday, only acquired, only occupied one-tenth of what God gave them. They only possessed, took possession of only one-tenth of the promised land that he designed for them. Now, why? Did God not follow through on his promise? No. What does it say? It says right here, sole of your foot will tread upon. It's because they didn't go. They didn't take what was given to them that God gave them. They, for whatever reason, maybe fear or laziness or whatever it is, they didn't possess what God had already given them. But if they went there, God would give them to it. So, in the same way as Jesus followers, if you're a Jesus follower today, what does Ephesians 1 say? We have an inheritance. We have a prize. Here's what it says. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Part of our inheritance when we receive Jesus, the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantor of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praises of his glory. We have to trust in his inheritance. Trust in his inheritance for you. Are you trusting in the inheritance that he has for you? It can be so easy for us as Jesus followers to, to not tap into the possession that we have of the Holy Spirit working in and through us and the power that we have to navigate all the seasons that we face and will face in our lives. And not only that, but to have that 30,000 foot view Knowing that it's not about me storing treasures here, it's about me storing treasures in heaven. It's about me understanding that as I navigate all the different new worlds and seasons that I have to face, if I know where I'm heading, if I know what's coming for me, if I know what is awaiting for me and the inheritance that I have, it's a game changer of how we navigate through the seasons of our lives. We need to trust in his inheritance for us. Remembering as 2 Corinthians 4.17 says, I love this, for this light momentary affliction that you're facing is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comprehension. Are you not taking ground where you should be taking ground? Are you not leaning into the inheritance of the Holy Spirit living inside of you? Are you maintaining a 30,000 foot level view of where you're going someday? Trust in his inheritance for you. It keeps going. It says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, Joshua, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. And then he says, be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. It says, for you shall cause this people, the fact that people will count on us because of the assignment that God is giving to us. You know that statement, man, I'd hate to be in their shoes. Or, man, how am I supposed to fill those shoes? I mean, maybe not like this, but... <laughs> He, he does this all the time. This is my boy Tavin. Maybe not like this, but you know this idea of filling someone's shoes? Like have you ever tried to fill your boss's shoes or a parent's shoes or a coach's shoes? Or, and it's just like, wow, that's a lot. This is what was going on for Joshua. 
He was filling in. The baton was passed. He was filling in the shoes of Moses, the great Moses, the pinnacle Israelite leader. And the mantle and the weight of that leadership. And then you got to wonder, maybe he started to feel like, well, how am I going to do this? Am I strategic enough? Am I smart enough? Am I, I, I mean, now I'm going to lead the Israelites after all these years? You're going to use me to lead them in? Wow, this was a massive weight. And maybe you feel, when you think about the assignment that God has given you, and it's like, well, hey, I, maybe you kind of feel like, I don't know how I'm supposed to do this. You might feel deflated. You might feel insecure. You might feel like you're at the end of your rope. Like, how am I supposed to do that? Actually, that's a good thing. Get to the end of your rope. Because if you get to the end of your rope, then you'll grab onto God and let him be the main character to navigate through the seasons of your life. Remember this, this truth. Remember, God does not call the equipped. He equips the called. God does not call the equipped. What does he do? He equips those who are called. We have to trust his assignment that he has given us, that he's called us to. Trust in his assignment for you. I mean, as a, if you're a new parent, you're not equipped. I mean, you thought you were equipped, and then you realized really quickly that you're not equipped. And then they keep changing on us, and they keep getting into new phases and pray for me. I'm not into the teenager years, but I've heard, okay? And, and it's just, it can be exhausting and draining as a parent. But remember, God has given you specifically that assignment. And so be strong, be courageous, and trust in his assignment that he has called you to. For some of you, the way the cards fell, you didn't sign up for it, but the way it all fell you're now the one to be the caretaker for a loved one. And it's really hard. And it's really difficult. And sometimes you don't feel like you're cut out for it. And sometimes you feel helpless. Be strong. Be courageous. And trust in the assignment that he has called you to. Some of you, there is a friend. And for whatever reason... They lean into you to ask tough questions about faith. And you feel intimidated by it. And you feel scared by it. Be strong. Be courageous. And trust in the assignment that he has given you, that he's called you to. I've shared this before. But when I think about the assignment that God's given me to be the lead pastor of this church, I ran from that assignment for so long. You got the wrong guy, used to say all the time. And, and feeling deflated and feeling insecure about it. And even this year, I mean, I could be honest. I mean, leading the church through this pandemic and trying to figure out, like, what's the new way of church and how do we even define winning in the first place anymore? And I mean, I would so many times just feel deflated and feel, man, we need a more strategic leader. Man, I don't know if I, God, I, I don't know. How am I, so, like, what are we supposed to do? And I would get so it would just consume me in my mind. But then I would hear God reminding me, be strong, be courageous, Travis, and trust in his assignment and the assignment that I have called you to. Is there an assignment that God's calling you to, but you've been ignoring it, that you're afraid of? Trust in his assignment for you. 
Are you in an assignment right now that you feel deflated, that you just want to give up on? Be strong. Be courageous. And trust in his assignment for you because people are depending on it. One last thought on that. Remember when Jesus said this? What did he say? He says, look at the birds. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into the barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? If I'm going to help the birds, you don't think I'm going to help you with the assignment that I've called you to? Trust. Trust. Be strong. Be courageous. Continues. It says this, Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. It continues. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Who doesn't want to be successful? Who doesn't want to be prosperous? I mean, I don't ever ever hear anyone saying, yeah, I don't want to be prosperous. I don't want to be successful. Well, what's the antidote? Meditate on God's word. Literally regurgitating it. Literally the idea of, of, of chewing on God's word back and forth, bringing it to your tongue. What does it say? Not to part from your mouth, to keep it on your tongue. That's why we're in a season of our church of coaching relationships, really pressing in on our daily encounter and meditating on God's word and bringing it to the forefront. Psalm 119, I hide God's word in my heart so that I will not sin against him so that when we need to, it just comes right to the tip of our tongue. We need to trust his instruction for our lives. Are you trusting in his instruction for you? Because it's really easy for us to trust in the world's instruction for us instead of his instruction for us. And the further we go down the path of the culture, look out. Look out. It can be so destructive and dangerous for us. But if we trust in his instruction for our lives, when it comes to the new seasons and the new patterns of our lives, it's a game changer. And when we trust in his instruction, it's just flat out better. And it allows you to have a better life. Now, when I say better life, am I saying that that means financially? that you're going to prosper financially and success. No, I'm saying peacefully. That when you lay your head down at night thinking, okay, did I move towards God's instruction or the world's instruction in my life today? You can lay your head down feeling peace. It's just hands down better. Not easier. It's not easier, but it's flat out better. So, recap. As we navigate new worlds, as we navigate new seasons that we're in or that we're heading into, we got to trust in his timing. Are you trying to microwave it? Are you trying to manipulate something? Trust in his timing. Trust in his inheritance. Taking the ground. Tapping in, having a 30,000 foot view of where our inheritance truly lies. Are you trusting in his assignment? Are, 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 are you having strength and courage for the assignment that he's called you to and trust in his instruction instead of the world's instruction as we navigate new worlds.
One last thing. Joshua 1.11. Here's how this section ends. It says, And Joshua commanded the officers of the people. It's time. Pass through the midst of the camp. Send the signal. Send the announcement. And command the people. Prepare your provisions. For within three days, you are about to pass over this Jordan to go and take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. It's time. It's time to cross over the Jordan into the promised land. You notice here, though, something? You notice what it says here? Three days? Three days. After Jesus died, how many days did it take until he rose from the dead? Three days? Coincidence? I think not. Is it a coincidence that it was Moses who was given the law and then he was the one that took them right to the edge of the Jordan but didn't walk them into the promised land? It was Joshua who would deliver them into the promised land? Coincidence? Is it a coincidence that Joshua got his name from Jesus in Hebrew, Jehoshua, in Hebrew, Yeshua? I think not. In the same way that God used Joshua to deliver the Israelites out of the wilderness into the promised land is the same way that God is using Jesus Christ to a bunch of Americans in 2021 in Metro Detroit to get out of our wilderness and to cross us over into the promised land. But the only way we can get delivered into the promised land that's not of this earth, that is for eternity in heaven, is grabbing on to Jesus. We have to grab on to Jesus to get us into the promised land because Jesus is our salvation. Jesus is our deliverer. Well, deliverer from what? Deliverer from ourselves from our sin problem that you know you have and I know that I have that we got to take care of and when Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead he was the one that was able to deliver us from ourselves and so that we don't have to wander in separation and darkness from him that we could actually be delivered and be in right relationship with him and be in the promised land of milk and honey forever have you grabbed onto Jesus yet? Have you gotten to the end of your rope? I hope so. I, I hope so. I hope that you've gotten to the end of your rope. And if you're looking for something to grab on to deliver you out of your wandering, grab onto Jesus. And he will carry you into the promised land forever. And as you walk on this earth, the deliverer helps you navigate every other season and world that you're going to face. And so if you haven't, been delivered, if you haven't grabbed onto Jesus, I want to give you that opportunity right now. And so wherever you're at, just say, Father, here I am. I am done wandering. And today I want to grab onto you, Jesus. I confess my sins to you. And I believe that you, Jesus, are God. Thank you for dying for me. Tell him that. Thank you for rising again for me. 
Right now, I lower my pride and I receive you, Jesus, into my life right now. Now, as we keep praying, if you truly meant that, the scriptures say that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, if you call upon the name of the Lord, that you will be saved and you'll no longer have to be in wandering and you'll have everlasting life in the ultimate promised land. Father, thank you so much for being our deliverer. Thank you so much. And as Jesus followers, it's really easy as we navigate new seasons to get whiplashed and uh, to not be centered. And so today, may we be reminded to grab on to you and to trust in you and what you've given to us. And so we love you and we pray this in the power of your son's name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you've been delivered today, that's incredible. Uh, and we want to celebrate with you. And so you can just text the word Mile City to the number on the screen. And our team wants to celebrate with you and answer any questions that you have. Because look, at, I'm sure you have them. And we don't have all the answers, but we love to just help you move towards God because that's our vision. That's our goal of why we exist as a church.